I'd like to thank our top sponsors, Dean Anthony, Fergus Ryan, and Anders Berge Christensen. And welcome to the Cave of Apollos. My distinguished guests went from a school where someone stabbed her painting to another one where the all-work-and-no-play spirit made her collapse. With a fair amount of PTSD, she was accepted at the Nerdroom Studio, finally learning that storytelling is the ultimate goal of painting. Christian Unsrud, welcome to the KO Palace. Thank you for having me. Now, we have your self-portraits on the wall here. Yes. But why don't we just start with that? What inspired you to do that? I was very inspired by Helene Scherfsbeck and uh, Olga Bosnanska. And yeah, it's kind of this uh, vulnerable portrait, maybe <laughs> depicting myself emerging from <laughs> my, from my fog, <laughs> some mental fog. <laughs> <Yes. talk. laughs> from my past. <laughs> Letting it go now. So it's, um, yeah, just leave it for. <laughs> no, but, but I mean, this is, oh, we haven't done that in a while. This is a bit. Um, uh, different than what you did here going to the Florence Academy, right? Uh, these two are f yes, when so you started at the Florence Academy. Yes, and, and this is at the Nerdroom School. This is at the yes. Nerdroom School, but some time ago. Yes, about a, yeah, yeah, yeah. a year ago or so. I right. Um, and I, I th it's such a great uh, thing that we can sit down and do this now um, because I, I think your story is the type of story that that um, is really important for people to hear because I think there are a lot of people who experience things going to schools, mm -hmm. art schools, trying to learn to paint for some reason, um, that, well, experience something similar to what you've experienced. But <clears throat> that's a little cliffhanger. Uh, I wanted to hear you talk a little bit about how you got into painting in the first place. Yes. Um I don't really like, even it know. It wasn't <laughs> given that you should start painting this. No, it definitely really. was not. Um, yeah. I'm from a very little town in Norway. Uh, it's called Jövik. And it's not exactly a lot of paintings. It's no museum. It's like nothing <laughs> really there. So <laughs> it's kind of a puzzle how I got into it. Um, now, so I've been like drawing from when I was very young. It's always been something I've been very drawn to. Um, and I can't really remember seeing, like it wasn't any really paintings around, nothing of the sort. Mm. Uh, but my father is very interested in history, so we had a lot of books uh, with history and of course it's a lot of paintings mm. and such things in them. Um, so maybe I, I don't know, flicked through the books and, and got like an interest there. Um, and then my first like proper oil painting, that's the altarpiece in the church in my town. Right. Yes. So <laughs> it's by a woman, actually. Uh -huh. uh, her name is Asta Nerigor. Yeah, and she mm -hmm. was uh, quite a prominent uh, portrait painter, in, in like yes. high society portrait painter. She was, yeah. yes. Um, and she studied like um, at the French Academy, I think. Um, oh, yeah. she, she wasn't allowed as a woman to actually go there, but she attended some of the classes. students. Yes, so yeah, yeah. she was um, in the circle of like, Kitty Chedan and Harriet Bakir and yeah, these yeah. this women. Yeah. Um, and I remember this altarpiece very, like looking at it every time we went to church. I'd never been the religious kind of person, but um, it was always nice to go there because mm. it meant that I could sit there and, <laughs> and look at this painting um, and just, you yeah. know, get lost in it and 
the light and the, the figures and, and the story um, of it, which is Christ like coming towards us with his arms open. It's very humble. It's very, mm. very soft, very yeah. different from a lot of other pieces I've seen. Um, and through my school days, we would, it was always, everyone was so sad when we had to go to the church. <laughs> church for Christmas and such. But I loved it because it meant like a whole hour or two of this painting. <laughs> and I always made sure to sit so I could see it because there's all these pillars in the church. So <laughs> if I was really unlucky, <laughs> I wouldn't be so able to you, see a you thing. You didn't have a pure interest in going to church. No, not at um, all. But <laughs> right, it was a bit, di- bit different with, uh, with me. I, w- actually, we have a really nice church in the town I come from. <laughs> but the, the, the ceiling painting, the, the painter was so, uh, uh, you know, he wasn't the uh, most skilled painter. So he painted Jesus there with his two left or right feet. Oh. Yeah. So it was so bad it didn't, it didn't get uh, paid at all. But uh, that, that was my, I guess, oh, my God. trauma when it comes to going to church. Well, our painter, Asta, she was chased from town because they were so unhappy with her painting. What? So, yes, it's true. So, so we do have something in common. It is, yes. <laughs> They were very unhappy with it, so she had to change it on the spot, actually, mm-hmm. um, because Jesus was too short and all this. So they, they kind of forced her to add uh-huh. a few centimeters on the gown and, and move the foot out so he, he would be taller. Um, and then she had a nervous breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was Kitty Shelano and Harriet Becker that like, came to, to fetch her. Uh, and bring it back to, to Oslo or Christiana. As San- it's yes, yeah. so uh, I feel like <laughs> a connection <laughs> with this woman. No. Oh, yeah, that, that, but that's the great thing about, about um, tonight's uh, subject. Yes. Uh, or object. You're the object of the ending here. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this thing, uh, going through what you've done with art schools and, uh, you know, experiencing that you don't really learn much there and then sort of come building yourself up again. But let's get down and deep in the gutter here. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, can I go back? <laughs> I mean, we have, to, we have to start with some of those. Uh, you, you told me a little bit about your, your years in art school, but how, how did you end up? That was in England. Oh God, yes, it was in England and in the bright sight of uh, hindsight, you know, yeah. the, in the bright light of it. <laughs> very clear. <laughs> yeah, it's very light. clear light of it. <laughs> I should never have gone there in the first place. That's <laughs> mistake You've number one. You've landed on that uh, yes. opinion now. Okay, yeah. Yes, it, was, it wasn't uh, the wisest decision. But also coming from a little town, no one knows anything about classical painting. It was, um, and actually before going there, I was thinking about writing to Nerdrum. Uh, but then circumstances makes you kind of not do it. And, mm. and I don't know if it was like right of me to not go there right away, or if it was like beneficial to go through all this and kind of end mm. up. But anyway, um, <laughs> you know, when you go to high school and you're going to figure out what you want to do next, they have all these different fairs that you go to. Mm. Uh, and I really wanted to do something with painting. I wanted to paint. Um, and I didn't really know what to look for. This was before Instagram happened. Social media wasn't that. We're talking what year? <laughs> Oof, 2009. So it wasn't... All days. <laughs> all days, ages ago. No. Mm. Um, so it wasn't... I didn't quite manage to, to find, I didn't know what words to look for. I was um, a bit too sleepy because it was really all there. If I'd read maybe the kitchen mm-hmm. art a bit better than just looking at the images, maybe I should have read the text a bit. You know I wrote the text in that book. 
sorry. Oh, you didn't know. This is embarrassing. <laughs> yes. um, so I, I should have read it a bit more. Um, I realized that now, and also going back and reading it, it all the answers were there already. Right, I just yeah. didn't yeah. quite catch yeah. them. Yeah. Uh, and then I didn't quite know who to ask. The people I did ask, they were more oriented but towards. But you, you were clear that you wanted to go. I wanted to do classical art, painting. I guess that's the word you would yeah, use. Yeah, art. Of course I used art. Uh, <laughs> I want to be an artist. I never really used that word, actually. But, yeah. um, but I mean, you wanted to study painting. I wanted to study yeah. art and I wanted to do painting. Yeah. Um, I wanted to be a painter. Um, and, um, and I didn't know what kind of words to, to search for, what, what to ask, what questions to ask. And that mm. gets you into a lot of trouble when you don't know these things. Um, so I went to this fair. And it was a lot of universities. They all wanted money, of course. <laughs> and you start talking to them. And I tried to express as well as I could at the time what I wanted to do, what, my, what I wanted to learn, mm. my, my purpose of going to university, mm. which was more classical oriented. Mm. And they all said, oh, yeah, 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 we do life drawing, uh, all these things. And they, they said, yes, yes, we do, we do that. <laughs> yeah, you can paint. I <laughs> keep seeing the dollar signs now <laughs> in their eyes. Um, so, um, so I found a university that I, I felt was the right one. They said they had life drawing, like painting, all these things. They even had a printmaking workshop. So, hello. <laughs> it, it sounded very nice. And I, was, I sent an application, I was accepted, and I went to England. Hmm. <laughs> and um, it was very different from what I hoped. It would be. It's like honest Joe's used car sales. Yeah. <laughs> start driving it's something else. It's like sawdust in the engine, like Matilda, and the father is like wheeling back the, the meter and all this. That's kind of. <laughs> so I, I, I rock up there at art school. <laughs> Me and probably 90 other students, you know, big class. Mm. Um, and we, we are kind of enrolled get you a little student ID and it feels very real and I'm like yes this is the beginning of, of this path you know finally I'm here <laughs> gonna be a painter now um, and they, they take us to the studios which is this <laughs> white walls concrete floor with gray paint on it you know um, typical art students that they don't even like sweep the floor when they are repainting it for so it's like all these <laughs> little dust bunnies, uh, staples, all this dirt and even pencils just covered with, with paint, frozen in time, like layers and layers of this art school. <laughs> and um, it was this kind of... That's like an archaeological yeah, find Yeah, you could, I guess, find, maybe they... you'll come back to the academic <laughs> painting eventually. <laughs> when they had moved yes. <laughs> So it's like layers and layers, like it's an excavation could happen there. So you were standing um, on top of all of that. Yes, I was standing on this and just like, oh, okay, this is, this is curious. <laughs> uh, Grey floors, white walls, um, big windows, nothing, nothing in there, just some terrible old chairs, some desks, like typical, like metal legs and, you know, yeah. typical school, school desks. And it's very uninspiring, just blank. And they go, we take us in there and say, create. And I'm like, what? <laughs> create? What, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you want me to make? Um, and they left us and everyone was huh. there and kind of, it was a very weird mood right mm. away because it's like absolutely nothing. It's just make something. But they were not giving you, you know, a 
plan of what no. you would learn at e each no. day? Express yourself. <laughs> so create something. Um, so the first few weeks were very, you know, just quiet. People got to know each other. You go out to the bar, perhaps, to do these things. Uh, everyone's just confused. Um, and people start bringing their materials and most of them actually brought in painting materials of mm. some sort, acrylic paint or, or watercolor. And everyone's starting somewhat a little bit like figurative. So I didn't feel quite alone in the beginning. <laughs> and then you, you start, you work a bit, you try to settle in in your new studio space that you share with 20 other people and <laughs> still rooms and, <laughs> and um, it was a curious bunch, everyone trying to be very artistic in their looks, what they're wearing. We had a, a guy with a, a topper, a hat, like a top mm. hat, you know, and, and a cane, <laughs> trying to be, and then, I think he even had one of those, like, what, mon monocles. Uh, monocles, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's English. Uh, and he was, like, walking around, like, this, you know, and being very arty. Um, and he was very much into more conceptual things right away. So he had this mm. very kind of modernistic um, very modern way of doing his work at the same time as he tried to be very eccentric and old-fashioned almost in, in his sort of camp way yeah so uh, it was a, uh, it was a curious mix um and everyone else this was right when the hipster movement really started so everyone had this <laughs> <laughs> you know this uh, blue jeans that's a kind of <laughs> folded up a bit <laughs> this kind of beanie hats and <laughs> and leather, like baggy leather jackets everyone wearing the same thing right very right. afraid of getting anything like paint or something on their clothes you know uh, okay okay, okay. <laughs> oh <laughs> remember one got a painting on his shoe and like the world was just crashing down <laughs> yes uh, <okay. laughs> and everyone's like there being all arty going for beers you know going to the galleries in london all that um and just making things and then finally a teacher comes along and we're gathered and like it's finally you know during the course of the first day or this was the f during the first or second week he comes in and it's obviously a man that's not really interested in being there mm. he, he just has to to mm. survive put food on the table it, it, that's that was my sensation he didn't really care yeah. and then you have he, he collected a group and introduced himself and i'm going to be your tutor this mm. he, like term um my name is this and that and then we had one-to-one -one tutorials that's how it goes so mm. you you have a teacher and you talk with him for about an hour and they would give you a lot of things like reference to look look at and, and all these things mm. obviously trying to steer into <laughs> a more um yeah contemporary but uh, is that the one who gave you a task? You, you were going to create something about reminiscence or something like yes, that? Yes, that's right. So uh, everyone because that got was this. like the first. That was the first uh, just to get us started. We we did yeah. this um, uh, kind of. You had to make a picture or make something um, something that you remembered from from home or something. It was this transition going from living at your parents into mm. <laughs> the first step of adulting, <laughs> you know, <laughs> university, um, and then everyone made somewhat something figurative I think except the people that was really well prepared and was truly conceptualist from the very moment first moment mm -hmm. um, and they looked at it and they didn't even really care we mm -hmm. just like handed it in and they're just like yeah now mm -hmm. to the actual work and and right away they just oh yeah that's very you know trying to represent something <laughs> like what what is this like this is not interesting <laughs> you should um, try to express your inner self a bit more like not this mm -hmm kind of out there that this figures I made a landscape um, with a figure in it 
And obviously that's not what you're supposed to, to do. Um, so they didn't even really bother. They just kind of, you know, and move on from that. Um, like not giving you... It was nothing to talk about. It wasn't worth talk about, like to mention yeah, right. it at all. It was just like, oh, this is kind of, this need to stop. This is... Yeah. This is not what we do here. Kind of, that was the feeling that I got, mm. and I remember I worked quite hard on it because it was the first thing, and it was very scary, you know. Um, but yeah, it was just like handed in. It was just like, and off to the next thing, which was the whole creation. They just express yourself. Thing. But that was that in the, in the, this one one on one uh, tutorial? No, this was uh, more in the first group when we were everyone. Okay. Um, so that was kind of the first meeting we, mm -hmm. we handed that in mm -hmm. and he looked at it and, and didn't really care. And then he um, took us, one to, like, we get, got the time slot and you had to come back for your, in your studio space. And you mm -hmm. sat down with him and he would look at what you wanted to do and, and give you something to go research to improve, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> or to move you, steer you away from right. <laughs> this okay. like, So what did he give you? Um, no, he was, um, since he was, I, I did all these little like sketches of humans, like faces. Um, I did some little self-portrait sketches, I think. And he just looked at it and then he went straight into the, oh yeah, identity, you know. You, you can like look into different like <laughs> identity things. Conceptualizing yes, it. Yes, right away. Ah, okay, it, it's okay. nothing like, oh, that's uh, the drawing of the head. It's not like, mm. oh, the skull is a bit this or that, like focus on this. What, what do you want the, the face to represent? It's nothing like that. It's just... Oh, it's a lot of human figures. Mm. You should play around with identity mm -hmm. and like concept straight away, mm -hmm. um, which I felt was a bit kind of because I hoped that I would get a bit more knowledge of how to actually create something, like craft something. That's what I wanted to do. Um, and I always thought that that came before mm. the, the concept of something mm. because you have to actually know how to, to build something before you can decorate it or like do anything with it. Say something with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, need, yeah. you need to learn the alphabet before mm. you can write a sentence. Mm. So, um, no, so he was straight into this conceptual um, ideas and he went straight into this um, identity and like I could play around with different identities and like depict myself in, in different, um, in, in different kind of outfits, like costumes, kind of what Rembrandt would do in a way, but mm. more of an extreme. <laughs> And, and more, um, he didn't want me to draw them really naturalistic. It, it should be more of a cartoon. You know, he so explicitly said that. No, but he pointed at one that was a bit more cartoony and he would pick mm. that. He wouldn't pick the one that was more naturalistic. Uh -huh. he, he would go straight into the pile, like the one that was more of a caricature, you know, that didn't, like the simple one. And he would like, oh, this one, you know with the identity <laughs> then we have something to work from so I, I kind of started drawing these little um little figures a bit like cartoons but that didn't feel right you know it wasn't what i wanted to do it wasn't why i was there so i also got some horrible canvas that we could get from the school it was cotton <laughs> cotton canvas like no glue on it nothing <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess you didn't learn that much about materials. Of course not. Either, Material, so. what is that? Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's something you use. Yes. So, so it, we got this um, canvas that was, it was this cotton hmm. with nothing on it. It could be curtains, whatever, you know, it, it, from the workshop there. Um, and I remember I just painted with acrylic paint at first. So it wouldn't matter because you just paint straight on it. And I had some white paint that I would just paint underneath because I bought ready-made canvases, like, 
when I was younger. Mm. Um, so I knew that I had to have some ground on it somewhat. But And then I started painting acrylic little things, very inspired by Leonardo. Um, some of them, like, I uh, remember I did this woman with, like, draperies on her, and then I did these little stupid sketches on the side mm. just to kind of <laughs> keep my head over water. Because <laughs> then there's for both, the, you know, the for the teacher to be pleased. <laughs> so I did, like, both. Um, and I remember he came, and it was actually him that got me into oil painting. Um, because he looked at little sketches and he, and he looked at this um, this little painting that I was trying to do. This, mm. I was very, like, I thought it looked really good when I was doing it. Like, I'm getting the draperies very fine here, like, looking a lot Leonardo. Um, obviously, looking at it, if I could, I don't have it anymore, thankfully. <laughs> it probably is better in my imagination and in yeah, my yeah. memory we'll than let, it we'll is. Let it stay like, that way. Yes. <laughs> if I saw it now, I'd be horrified, I'm sure. Um, but he came and he looked at it and, and he, he, he asked me, like, do you paint with acrylics? If you're going to paint that way, at least, like, use oil paint. So he said that at least, right. um, wow. and then, but what do you buy then? You know, <laughs> how how do you go about that oil painting? Like, what is it? Um, and I was very nervous, and I didn't get it right away because I've been told so many times that oil painting it's so dangerous, it's so messy, it goes everywhere, it's really mm. difficult to work with. You shouldn't do that, you know. Um, but eventually, I I, I, did, I did go to the little local art shop and I, I bought. All the colors you know as you do when you, you don't know what to get when <laughs> they're done that when yeah. they're done that yeah. all the all the teams <laughs> everyone from the winston newton <laughs> series yeah, all the shades, <laughs> all <yeah>. the shades. <laughs> <laughs> so complete chaos and all the mediums not knowing what anything was and it's this all these things that will make it dry but, slower uh, <laughs> and that's the whole point isn't it that it shouldn't dry <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in that sense, I guess I was, uh, you know, starting out, uh, you know, I guess luckier than you because I, I, <clears throat> I had started at at Art Nordrums, and I went to this uh, material shop, and I got all the shades. <laughs> I, I, I remember I bought thirteen oh, cubes in one go, yeah. <laughs> and that that's uh, not the lucky number, is it? And, <laughs> And then <laughs> bad start. <laughs> and then I come 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 back, uh, you know, to another room and it says, you know, well, don't you need this? You can use that, and you have to buy this and this color <laughs> because I, you know, I that covered Just everything. Trash. <laughs> That's what you do when you don't yeah, know any better course, because you think course. you don't need yeah. all the colors yeah. because you, painting is about color, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. <laughs> Pure color onto the canvas, right? <laughs> so, um, so I did that and I tried to figure it out on my own. Mm. No one knew anything about oil painting whatsoever. Mm. Um, even the teachers that I would approach and ask, they would be like, oh, I don't really know anything about this. So, mm. but try to ask that person and it would just mm. kind of move me on to the next teacher not to mm. have yeah to kind but of get was me that, um the, just to get this general idea of the sort of the, the atmosphere mm -hmm. um were you know and, and never the feedback like hostile or just uh, trying to steer you towards what they perceived as positive i, I would say in the beginning it's it's not so cruel because then you try to steer you know yeah, just yeah. lead you on the right path yeah, yeah. um but obviously when you start to resist that and yeah, after yeah. a while <laughs> mm. it becomes a bit more hostile mm. um and also it was horror like it was horrifying to to go in there and and you have this one-to-one -one tutorials which is scary enough but you know it's just me and the, the teacher and we have a conversation and he tries to kind of help you but then you have the critiques and that is the firing squad coming that's the whole group that has this teacher and they will all come into this room and you bring a few poor souls have to bring their work and mm -hmm. present it to and the rest of the whole group yes and then you sit there in this like circle uh, and you put your work out and 
they fire. They're out for blood, really. Talk about the teachers now. And the students. And the students. <laughs> yes, some of them. Um, and then you kind of realize quite quickly what, you know, it's the conceptual art. Like whoever is having the better concept, they get the better mm -hmm. feedback. And everyone else is bad, you mm -hmm. know. So, um, And then to show that you have understood that the concept understood something that the other didn't understand, it's very important to like, punish whoever is like doing the wrong thing somewhat. So then you're extra hard with that person that's like trying to do something, like me, doing something figurative, traditional. It's very important to understand that, to show that I don't do this. Hmm. I'm doing this, the right thing, the, the more conceptual things. Um, so people very quickly started to abandon the more figurative um, things that they were doing because it was quite a lot of it. It was a lot of painting too in the beginning. And then very quickly people started like dropping off the, the painting wagon like and, and kind of move over to more conceptual things and just thinking ideas and expressing themselves in the most kind of wild way. And if you had a really, and being original, it's very important, right? So you need to do something new invent gunpowder, the, the wheel again, and, and, and have a good concept to go mm, with it. Mm. Um, and that caused a lot of stress, and everyone is trying to really do this at the same time as it's were, really... Were you aware of, I mean, like now you can think back and it's more more sort of soberly, but did, did you, were you aware of that um, uh, tactic, so to speak, or, or how people changed? N not right away, but oh. I started to notice it a little bit, because suddenly it just... It just like dawned on me, like, wh why is no one painting? Like, what happened to the painting supply? I'm the only yeah. one washing my brushes now. What, what happened? You yeah. know? <laughs> so, so it was this a moment when I've, I was very alone all of a sudden doing this. Um, and in the beginning, they let me kind of just do my thing, hoping that I would come around, come to my senses, <laughs> understand <laughs> whatever it was to understand <laughs> that I still haven't understood <laughs> clearly, um, <laughs> um, that I would kind of join their mm. crusade um mm. but I, I i just didn't do it because if i couldn't paint why why would i even be there in the first place that was but the whole purpose do you remember anything that they said to you in one of those critiques like in that early the early phase the innocent days it, it started very much with express yourself and create moving over to kind, you know kind of questioning me like why are you doing this why are you insisting on this why paint that soon became uh -huh. a very big so part of my critique um so they always ask me that question why paint? Why are you doing this? Because they didn't understand why I would like so cling to it. So it, just yeah, it wasn't uh, outright hostility like necessarily, but no. this not right away, but this kind of raising their eyebrows, like shaking their heads. And at that me. is quite efficient. They know that. They right? that that is very efficient because yeah. then you appear like. You're a bit stupid, or you didn't understand something. And you're this on the idea wrong of thing. Shame yes, of, of so they're like shaming you into it, like, yeah. and then it's easy to just follow. To just yeah. okay, I'm going to leave my paint tubes and do something else. Um, and they would. Um, so during the first year, the the hardest bit was the the firing squad, which was the rest of the class. Mm -hmm. The teacher would start it, but then they would do the the shooting, the firing on me and my work, um, which was very scary at first, and it, I took it very to heart. And I didn't quite understand mm. what they had understood that I didn't get. So I was very much looking at myself in the beginning, uh, thinking it, it must be something I didn't get. Why are no one else painting? Why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. And everyone's talking about Damien Hirst, for instance, or Anish Kapoor, uh, Tracy Emin, all these people. And I started doing a lot of research 
and look at them. I went to all these exhibitions in, in the center of London and um, I remember going to this Anish Kapoor exhibition and it's all these big sculptures and I just walked around and everyone else were in awe and just, oh, this is amazing. And I'm like, why is it so amazing? Right. <laughs> I don't quite get it. I go to the bookshop, pick up a book, right. try to read it a bit and still I couldn't, couldn't really get it. Um, so that, that was, um, so, so it was this feeling that it was something that I had overlooked, something I wasn't clever enough to, to see. Mm. Uh, because obviously it had to be something, because everyone else almost But did were. you at any point uh, feel this shame or something? Yeah, it was this insecurity, this growing insecurity. Right. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't so maybe ashamed, but it was, I felt very vulnerable and very yeah, I mean, alone, isolated and... and just why and I had to why am I doing this and it's a natural thing you go mm -hmm. to a school where you expect them to mm -hmm. know that which you want to learn <laughs> yes. so when they say oh it's there oh well okay well you try to figure mm -hmm. it out right yes you do yeah. and you go to the artist or art history lectures and all these things and uh, and you really try to to understand mm. because clearly it must be something um, and they would start asking me why are you painting and I would go home and I would like, think about this. Why am I painting? Mm. And very quickly, I always painted because I loved to paint. I just love it. It makes me happy. But that wasn't good enough. That wasn't okay. Because you told them. I was like, I like to paint. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> but, but that's like not, because that's not grand enough in a way. It mm. has to be mm. bigger than that. You can't mm. just enjoy it. Mm. It can't be just for enjoyment. Hmm. You know, it, it has to be something else. Um, and then I really tried to camouflage my painting in all kinds of concepts, all these things to bake it in, to, to make them stay away from the fact that I was painting. Hmm. And they started asking me, like, maybe you should, or hinting at that I should maybe try something else, like express different, like myself through different mediums, try to do a performance piece perhaps, you know, maybe something else interesting would come out. Maybe, you know, I would invent be original in some way <laughs> like, well, because artistic ex expression and the way you express yourself is yes. not so relevant <laughs> yes. you know, yeah. so it was so as long as i didn't paint it would have been like fine mm. but and then they started telling me that uh, why paint painting died in the 80s okay. why are you doing this <laughs> that's sort of upping the game upping it's not just, slowly not just... slowly they were upping it <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and i was like it died in the 80s you're you're all alone <laughs> yes you're all alone it died <laughs> and i was thinking but they do sell oil paint in the store, like clearly. <laughs> it must be fine. <laughs> so, <laughs> did you tell them that? Or no, I just, just I was just thinking. Uh, I just like went around. And I uh, thought about it, and I was like, "I can still buy paint." So, it's, uh, and this is interesting because you would actually then, actually, it's really condescending. <laughs> you would actually think actually. about this. Um, <laughs> you, I mean, but seriously, you you would not just sort of feel things but but think things through and try to to answer questions yes. that they posed you right? of course because i yeah. had i was under the impression that it was something i did not understand mm. yeah, yeah. It, it, i had like missed a vital like a vital point yeah and you come in there to art school and they all they tell you that's interesting you gave them the benefit of the doubt instead of saying oh i'm i'm bad i'm stupid yes. I'm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. i tried that first and then <laughs> going into like no, maybe maybe it's me <laughs> but not really so much <laughs> and I, I just couldn't put the painting away mm. I, just, I couldn't bring myself to do it mm. and if I tried it felt like I was trying to trick someone it, it was so 
it was like a lie. If mm. I were going to roll around on the floor do a performance piece, it would it, like what what would that be? Mm. I just couldn't couldn't do it. Um, and uh, so I kept on with this, went on painting. Mm. Um, and I remember also we, we went to all these exhibitions together, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, this is so great!" And I was looking at it like, "Why?" Mm. And it, one time we looked at this little puppy. It was obviously a dead puppy. Mm. It was stuffed, and it held a sign like this, which mm. said, "I'm dead." And everyone's looking at this little puppy, this dead animal, and like, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> and I stood there. What's and up like, inside? And I looked at it and I was like, no, what, huh? Like, <laughs> what is so good about this? And then I started thinking about the fairy tale that I mentioned the other day, The Emperor's New Clothes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, and, mm. I, and, and in that moment, I kind of had this realization. Mm. Like, maybe it's not me. <laughs> Maybe it's them. <laughs> <You know? laughs> There's a slight, <laughs> it's a slight possibility. Yes. <laughs> that is, it's not just me. Um, <laughs> and I, and I, but that's great. <laughs> I mean, seriously, that's great. Of course, you, you you don't have you know a solid background like coming from a family with a lot of knowledge mm -hmm. about painting or whatever. And you actually try to figure things out, and you don't you know just uh, you know give up and mm -hmm. you know. Yes. And then, but then, like, when if it was just that, if it was these two swindlers that's mm. sitting there, like, weaving mm. on these mm. looms, nothing, and and everyone thinks. But, so that yeah. made it easier for you, like, Sorry? mentally, made it yeah, easier for you. Yeah, it made it a bit yeah. easier because I, I thought that, like, it made so, such sense that that was what was happening. Is that when you started to go to the National Gallery to study? I did that all the time. They like, couldn't, like, I did that, yeah. like, at the same time mm. as I went to these other things. Mm. We had to make this research log, you see, uh, to prove that we've been to all these exhibitions and being confronting yeah, each other with different things and topics and, um, and write our thoughts about the exhibitions, which was really hard because I just wanted to hate it, hate mm. it, hate it all. <laughs> Don't understand. That's like the one yeah. sentence I wanted to write, but then you had to go through and try to find a meaning into mm. it. So obviously I did that and I filled up this research log and at the same time I would stop by the National Gallery and stop by, see Rembrandt, you know, mm. all this. Uh, I would do that um, and just recover from mm. the distress of... of <laughs> seeing this dead puppy holding I'm dead or you know my bed of Tracy Emin or something oh. and, and going there too and everyone is applauding it maybe, I'm not stupid or unfit for my office because maybe it's nothing there you're using it in some a little bit of a different way because when you mentioned it I have sort of a a um, little problem with that story in some way because it's like <laughs> a typical thing to say oh art is just emperor's new clothes and it's, it has become a thing to say. Mm -hmm. But what you're talking about now is that you understood that, not that, oh, this is just stupid, but I am not stupid. Yes, because that's and the whole that, story. That's yeah, what it's about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know how it goes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That these two swindlers come to town and the rumor mill starts going that these make the finest fabric and the finest yeah. clothes you ever saw. Yeah. And it's only visible for the people that is very intelligent or is fit for the office. So if you're very stupid, like you. unusually stupid or unfit for whatever you do, you can't see it, right? Um, and and it, felt, it feels a bit like that because then everyone wants to understand. Mm. They want to appear that they, they've gotten this thing. And I felt very much like that with my classmates because I don't think any of them actually understood anything it, because it was just, you know... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, like you, you talked about that. I, I, that also stuck me with me, this phrase that... They acted as if they were part of something big, but yes. they really didn't understand what it yes. was. And they all stand like, mm -hmm. oh, yes, oh, uh, the narrative mm -hmm. of this, it's mm -hmm. so la-la-la, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so you, try, you kind of take a role and you act it. 
Mm. And maybe that was the, with my teacher too, asking me to do these different kind of characters. And I started looking at identities and mm. these things. Maybe that even got me onto this, but that you try to fit in somewhere, you act in different ways um, around certain people to be accepted or to have it like mm. easier. Um, and I would say I, I really, no, I started looking at that and it made every, mm. everything much easier. And then I felt more certain in that, the fact that I, why would I do this when I can paint? And that gives me joy. Right. Like, why, why stop? Hello. <laughs> so then I put away all this kind of trying to do these concepts so extremely and, and went more into trying to improve I, technically I, okay, because okay. that was a mess. Right. <laughs> but but that's where you, uh, there's, that's where things can come from like unexpected places. Because mm-hmm. you talked about this guy working in, in a, um, or had, running a material shop. Yes. Who came and I guess yes, was basically guy, the, yes. the first to, to actually teach you something. Yes. Um, and this know, was a materials. person that was not, he was not the teacher at school. He he had a, he probably has a, an art store still, yeah. Bethnal Green, it's called, I don't remember what it's called, but um, he had an art store and he came as a bit of, I think to advertise his product, mm. but then also he went to the Royal College, I think, and, and he would give critiques to students and their works. And I remember like one student brought um, like paintings thrown on the canvas and it was all the same value, mm. <laughs> but a lot of different colors. Mm. And, and he said, you have to clean up your palette. I remember him saying that, like <laughs> you use too many colors. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. That's like the first yeah. thing. And then we were invited to ask him questions. And at this point, I was working on this massive painting. It was two by two meters um, with all these figures with different identities. And like try- it was like my com- first composition, uh, trying to do this concept somewhat, but hiding it behind this concept to be able to try to depict humans, fabrics, all these things and, and improve technically. So, <laughs> it's, it's such a strange situation. It's like yes. how you... <laughs> Learn certain ways of behavior, like if you're in a communist regime, yes. you learn certain behaviors to say things <laughs> yes. within the political correct uh, language, but in, you know, try, try to, to do what you actually want to do. Right. Um, so I was doing that <laughs> undercover paint notes. So, mm. so, um, two by two meters. This yeah, it's is a very big, big canvas, uh, which was also a problem because the studio is very small. It was a lot of people. <laughs> Couldn't <laughs> really step back, <laughs> artificial light. It was like, <laughs> did yeah. not know what I was doing really. Well, you're um, doing everything wrong. It's like instead of shrinking and just becoming part of the zeitgeist, you're like, No, grow. I made it big. I grew, <laughs> which was very infuriating for them. Like two by two meters is like... <laughs> A declaration of war, isn't it? <laughs> so, <laughs> so well, that's, I mean, yeah, that's, that's not very humble, well, is it? <laughs> well, that, that's a scene from uh, Braveheart. Where he, he doesn't want to give up and it's like, okay, just cut his head off. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. So, I mean, this massive... And I was a pain too because I had to make this canvas. We couldn't buy the stretcher bars. That was like a big no-no. For some weird reason, that we couldn't buy. So, we had to build our own stretcher bars in the workshop. Um, and then there was this hierarchy down there in the woodshop. So, the lowest kind of people, like me, mm. only had a green apron. And then... <laughs> oh, the apron hierarchy, yes. yes. <laughs> so, we had that. And you had always had to wear your apron to go to this like workshop. And it was so silly. Uh, and I had this green apron. I still have it somewhere. Um, 
And then I want to make this gigantic canvas, which was a problem because it wasn't that much space there either. And then it had the architecture students and all these people that had more advanced like courses at this workshop. And they obviously had um, yellow or, you know, <laughs> red or black aprons. And then you had to, if they can't, came, like, came over to, to use the table or to, if they wanted your space, you had to like just say okay I'll move my things you know and, <laughs> and walk away well I came in there with this massive thing and took up all the space and only wearing a green apron like how dare you well, this <laughs> is like a scene from Roald Dahl's self-biography you know <laughs> going to boarding school <laughs> so, so I, yeah anyway I made this I made this massive canvas stretched it with this horrible horrible um cotton <laughs> And then a teacher told me I had to put some primer on it. So he sent me to this very cheap store, Wilkinson's, to buy the cheapest wall paint I could possibly find to put that as the, <laughs> the first coat on the painting. I think I had some glue too, like wood glue, and then mm. that. So I kind of understood you had to have glue on it. Mm. Um, but yeah, I had this canvas with this horrible preparation. And then I, <laughs> I was painting on it. And obviously... The oil paint was sinking in weird ways. It was shining in some spots. And I had a lot of technical difficulties because of the materials, mm -hmm. which I didn't understand. And that's when this guy came in to, to the picture, the one with the art store. Um, and I remember I put up my hand, I raised my hand in the class, and I, I asked him, like, I have this problem, um, technical. Like, could you please enlighten me? What's happening? Do you, have you ever seen this before? Um, and uh, my painting was too big to take it to that class. so. He didn't quite, couldn't picture what I was talking about. He wasn't quite sure. So after he was finished for the day, he, he came to see me in the studio and he started looking at it. And he, he looked at my brushes. He asked me about my ground and all these things. And for the first time, I kind of started to understand that materials actually do matter. You know, you can't just make it as cheap as you can. Yeah. <laughs> you have to actually have something, something good. Um, and, then, and then he gave me his, his card um, and he said, please come to my, my, my shop. Obviously, you can sell me things, but <laughs> these will be good things. Um, so he gave me some um, better preparations and some different mediums and all these things to, to try, which really changed everything for me mm. when it came to painting with oils. It wasn't this dry, weird thing anymore. And he, he, he was like the first step of making it a bit more as what oil painting kind of should be because it's just me trying in desperation and not managing before mm. that. Mm. Um, so so that, that was really important and he, he was very accommodating towards me and I would go there and buy things and ask questions and, and try new things and even let me exhibit a few of my paintings in his window and, and all that. So that was kind of a, a little light in, in all this kind of don't paint, don't do this, like what you're thinking. Um, and then I felt like I had some support from the outside too, which was very nice. The scissors, you have to the talk about the scissors. The scissors. Yes, well, obviously. Um, <laughs> I, um, so I'm there in this studio. They're all almost given up on me completely, trying to tell me off painting. Don't do any performances. I don't show up, but don't do it. Um, in the critiques, I, I stopped presenting my work as well at some point. Because it was, it was pointless. They had nothing constructive. They had nothing to say to help me grow and improve. Mm -hmm. It was just about punishing me for what I was doing. So, um, and they would always applaud the, the really poorly executed things, the one with the concepts and, and all this. Um, and I remember one guy too, he had, um, his project was um, 
to send out an email, to invite celebrities to an exhibition. Um, and then it would take all the, res the replies and, and make a website so people could read it. And then it would print out this, um, you know what I mean, this uh, thing you scan on your phone? Mm -hmm. yeah. Do you know what it's called? Uh, the QRL? And maybe, no. yeah, it's like the code thing. And it would hang that as this piece so people could like scan it and go in and like read about it. QR you know? code or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So, so it was kind of things like, like that that was being presented and they were just wild when they, they were so impressed. Mm -hmm. And I would go home and I like, think about it and just like boil it down and it was just nothing. It was just <laughs> really but did silly. you present your humongous I did, I did eventually in, in a critique. Yeah. Eventually I had to show it and you go the whole year and... <laughs> And it was, um, they, they waited for a long while before it was my turn to do this. And I sat through all these critiques for a long time and usually I was quiet. I hadn't presented anything and when I did I just put it up and, and just leave and not say anything about it. And I did that this time as well and it was this massive painting and had to go down to this little classroom uh, in the, <laughs> the goods lift, you know, it was so big. <laughs> Like transported in this massive lift and had a janitor to help me and like <laughs> causing so much trouble. Um, and I took it down and it was two teachers there. One that was my tutor and this other person that he didn't really talk to me, didn't care much for me. Um, and I put out my painting and then he decided that I were to go last. So then everyone else presented their works. It was very, it was civil enough, you know, not nice. <laughs> it's a little bit mean to everyone, I have to say. Um, and then it was my turn towards the end and it wasn't that much time left. And they <laughs> just machine gunned me down with this painting. I don't remember exactly what they were saying. And then the teacher, the, the one that I didn't know so well, he was particularly cruel about it. He was ripping it to shreds in front of everyone and not even letting me defend it. He would just kind of talk over me. It was, it was really quite brutal. And then... Like more than usual? Yes, usual, more uh, than usual. It was really yeah. kind of... People were a little bit astonished. They were sitting there kind of like, what is going on? Um, and he was really just giving it to me and talking so poorly about what I've done, criticizing everything, just trying to rip it to shreds as best as he could, maybe as a final desperate attempt to make me see the true path of <laughs> conceptual art. Um, and I remember like then the, the bell rang and the class was dismissed and I didn't even get to, to really speak. I didn't get to defend it. There was, that's it, now mm -hmm. we go. And yeah, everyone just was, left and it was planned. kind of, yeah. And, and everyone was like kind of happy. It was a bit like fun for them, I guess, because it was like so much blood, you know. So it's <laughs> it's like, entertainment. <laughs> yes, it was really blood and circus. So it was this kind of excitement in the, the mood when people were leaving as, at the same time as it was a bit of this kind of shock because it was so bad. I don't remember even what he said to me. Um, and then when I was leaving with my big painting, carrying it all by myself into the goods lift, the other teacher who was my tutor, he, he came over to me and he, he said that, um, I'm sure he didn't mean it. Like, he didn't mean what he said. Which I, said, <laughs> I responded like, yes, <clears throat> I, we both know that he meant every word. And it, Spending a lot of energy saying things he doesn't mean. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So of course he meant mm -hmm. it. Um, and then I took it back up and a couple of days passed by. And then this teacher, he, he, he came to see me. That, that same teacher? The same yeah, teacher yeah. has been really mean to me. And he came to see me in my, in my studio asking to, to, to talk to me. Um, and then the school had made him apologize because of his extremely brutal, <laughs> brutal, um, it wasn't even a critique, it was just 
cruel, you know. It, it, um, so he, he had to apologize, which he did not like, of course. Um, and I said, yeah, apologies accepted, it's okay. Let's just move on from this. Um, and then he left. And within a very short period of time, the, this thing happened. Um, so I, it takes a few days, I go back to the studio, I felt a bit kind of down because they were so mean, you know, about this. And you kind of have to pick yourself up and, and go in and continue the work you've been trying to do. And you, you try so hard and you want to make it nice and, and you have, your lack of ability prevents you from it. You're struggling a lot with things that shouldn't take so long and so on. And then um, one morning I come in there and I know I had this painting table, like this kind of desk. And I just, it was like this scissor lying there and uh, very kind of arranged. It was, everything was like moved aside. It was this empty space and it's this scissor and it had this long wide kind of cream colored threads hanging from it. And I, I remember I didn't really look around the, the room at first and I just looked at the scissor and I picked it up and I was like, what, what are these threads, you know, whose scissor is this? And then I kind of look at my work. <laughs> And then I realize this is the, the, the little murder weapon for <laughs> has been used to, to stab my, my painting. Uh, this is a bad detective novel. <laughs> yes. you know? And it's, it's like these threads of, from the canvas, like hanging off the scissor, <laughs> which has been like placed in front of it. <laughs> so I had the painting here and like the table, it was like directly in front of it. And I was just... At first, I was like, no, it can't, can't be. It must have fallen over. Like, something else must have happened. You tried to... Yeah, yeah. Because, like, of course no one's done this, you know? And I just stood there a bit. And I don't know. I And then some people, like... And I asked. I remember, like, does anyone know who the sister belonged to? And then everyone kind of noticed that, oh, the painting has been stabbed. And everyone finds it very entertaining, you know? Because, oh, it's some something has happened. It's like, who's the, the criminal person here? Like... <laughs> So everyone found it really amusing around me. Well, I'm trying to, did it actually got stabbed, like working this out in my head. Yeah. Um, and then <laughs> a teacher comes and he holds up the sister and it must have been this. It was really quite comical. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it must have been you, this. Because it's lying on the table <laughs> in front of the painting. It must be this. And I was like, what, what is going on? And everyone's like flocking to this painting and to me. And it was very uncomfortable to stand there because you feel so violent. It's, it's obviously someone's attacking like what I'm doing, it's, it's, it's mm. personal. You know, they, they, they take something, and you don't touch every, anyone else's work. That's just holy. If you like it, yeah, if you don't like it, it yeah. don't touch it, you mm. know? <laughs> and I was just there a bit kind of, didn't quite know what to do. Uh, and then it's this whole circus happening because of the stabbing in the scissor that's like traveling around the studio and there's this story evolving from it. Um, and um, I remember the, the final exhibition was coming up soon. I had to exhibit something and uh, this painting was kind of destroyed. Um, and I left the studio and I felt, I felt so down, you know. It's, it's just, it felt so attacked. And you, you don't know who it is. Like, who's after you? Is it that teacher? Is it a fellow student? Is it just a random visitor? Like, mm. what is this? Um, so I left and I went home and I, I remember... Just you had to you had to make a decision because you can't like you can't control what happens to you, but you can control how you respond to it. And there was this moment: should I just let them beat me down and stay down and give up, or, or do I kind of pick myself up and, and fix mm. this and, and finish the painting? And it was very clear that I had to go and like patch up this painting, glue it back together, <laughs> and finish it. And and I remember I did that, um, and it, it was. 
it was a lot of work to <laughs> hide the holes. Um, and I put it in the, the, the final, final show. And it got a lot of attention too <laughs> from the, the, the public coming in to see it. Yeah. Um, this big painting of mine. And I, but, but it's just like, who, who does this? Like, why would they feel the need to do it? I think that's a situation where you either break or you continue because it's really quite a decisive moment mm. in time. It's like a crossroads there, yeah, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> Maybe it's a clear message. Yes. It's really a clear message. <laughs> um, so uh, I wanted to hear about your, your time also at the Florence Academy. Yes. Uh, but I think before we go into that, I th it's, um, it's uh, a good place to ask some questions oh, from goodness. the audience. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's all, all very kind. Okay. Uh, so <clears throat> this is a question by our $10 patron, Jupp Sotebier. I hope I'm pronouncing, pronouncing the name correctly. Um, and actually, we're doing, um, we, we can do all three questions because these are the questions that came in. Do you still have the stabbed painting? I think my parents has it somewhere <laughs> rolled up. <laughs> the proof. Yeah, maybe I should just like burn it if I find it. <laughs> I think I think it's somewhere in their house um, mm. on a roll, never to be unrolled again. I think I enrolled it the wrong way, so <laughs> on terrible Wilkinson paint. So I think if I un unroll oh, it, yeah. it will just be you had destroyed. More, it had more of a it had more to do with sort of building a character than the actual quality of it. Maybe. Yes, yes, yeah. it was it was more about yeah. I think I'm taking your word for it. I mean. Yes, yeah. <laughs> the quality was very bad. <laughs> No, I mean, it's oh. like going to that school, not really learning and some, yeah. anything, and you try. I mean, <clears throat> you try your best at the yeah, of the time, and yeah, when and you, you have, have no one to guide you. have these ideas about how things are correct and not correct or whatever. It's, yes. Uh, yeah. So I did it as well as I could at the time, yeah. which yeah. I would, like, it's like cringe-worthy now, I'm but sure. But it built character. <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> Do you now see the bullying of your old teachers and students in England <clears throat> as a badge of honor? Uh, in parentheses, of course, no one remembers them. You are the only one anyone remembers. <laughs> Perhaps. That's very kind. That's very kind, yes. But yeah, yeah this, that's sort of all, well, jokingly character building, but well, I mean, it's, like, it's a serious situation when you're in there. It is a very hard situation when you're there. Um, and it is because it makes you feel so small and just alone. Mm. Um, and then you have to kind of stand up again from that and pick yourself up because no one else is going to do it mm. um so no I, I don't really see it as a badge of it but it, it surely did shape me and mm. it also you'd learn that you're stronger than you think yeah. because you have a lot of kind of people working against you just trying to make a path that's already hard to walk on even yeah. <laughs> worse by putting out like obstacles and all these things uh, so i don't know um looking back it was hard to go through, but maybe it, it, it's, it will set me up for mm. being able to kind of face more yeah, serious that's things That's a now. strange situation. You, you, can, you can sort of end up in sort of romanticizing mm. of, you know, having some opposition. Yeah. And, you know, that's cool because then <laughs> you, know, you grow. Uh, so it's not, it's not that, but it's still these experiences, experiences uh, do. You carry them with you. you. And you, they, you learn something if you mm -hmm. don't. Uh, break in, yes, break in. you try to learn something from it, and but then it's it's not something I, that I 
I don't think about it. When yeah. I wrote this thing um, last year, was it? Um, yeah, and people would, uh, said, yeah, 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 exactly. Um, and people would write me, and I wouldn't even understand what they were on about in, 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 at first because it's so long ago that this happened. Oh, yeah. It wasn't. Yeah. And, and then they were very upset about it. But that's that, great too. But it's, it's not like this trauma that <laughs> no, you're carrying no, with you like not. a big. Uh, <laughs> no, we can laugh at it now <laughs> without yeah. the hidden tears behind it. Yeah. <laughs> Just a laugh. No, so it's. Um, no, it has shaped me, but it, it's mm. it's not something that I think about. Um, it, it's more about you know when you have all these things build up and all these kind of bad things happening or people saying no and it's bad and all these things. That is something that maybe I struggle more with because it takes away a bit of your confidence because mm. you always feel like you're you're so bad <laughs> that you can't really arrive. You can't do what you want. Like no matter what you do, it's it's not mm. quite there. So and that's harder to live with. But this specific events, this this just it's in the past. Yeah. yeah. So. Are you finding that uh, painting with Ard Nordrum and in his studio strict sty style to be freeing? To be freeing in the yeah. strict style. I wouldn't say it's so strict at Ard Nordrum's really. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the least strict one so far. <laughs> no, so um, no, it's it's. I think coming to to the Nerdrum School after all of this, um, feeling quite broken, like shattered glass, <laughs> really. Um, I think being here has really kind of started to heal me. Some it sounds very silly when you say it, but it's kind of helped me pick myself up and put mm. the pieces back together. And um, I feel that you, you can do what you you want here, mm. which obviously I, I want to paint in this mm. traditional way, so <laughs> it suits me. But um, I feel much more liberty here than mm. anywhere else, and it's much kinder, accommodating mm. environment. So mm. I think it has been very important, very crucial for me to come, to come here. Did Save I a little bit for the end. Yes, <laughs> for the end, yes. <laughs> um, because you went uh, more or less straight after you went to, to Kingston. Yes, that's right. You went to the Florence Academy of Art yes. in Florence. In Florence, itself, yes, yeah. Italy. Uh, obviously, yeah, when I left um, so university... That must have been a transition. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, we, I left the, the university not, um, not knowing anything. I couldn't really make the paintings I wanted to do. I've always wanted to um, transition into maybe compositions. I want to do narrative painting, figurative painting, uh, portraits, all these things, which um, you have to have quite a lot of skill to, to do, which I did not have at mm. all. Mm. Um, so I've quickly found my way into... Um, I didn't quickly find it. That's wrong, completely wrong. But I left and I quickly understood that... I didn't have what I needed to to be a painter as I wanted to, and mm. I was very disappointed and very low because I've been there for years and years. I should have just like quit, you know, <laughs> but I didn't. Um, and I, I still couldn't. I was still hadn't gotten any further. I felt than when I first left. Obviously, I've been painting and improving on my own, but it was this big black void that needed to be filled. Um, and I struggled for a while until one day. Facebook came to the rescue. 
<laughs> Who would have thought? Because I usually never look at the advertisements, but then it was something popping up on the side, which and it probably had to do with um, that I've been trying to Google, you know, academic art or something, trying to search Not for, for this word. Not that we're saying that there's any connection yeah. between that and, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I tried to, to, to find something, and then this advert popped up, and I clicked on it, and it was the Art Renewal Center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, and they have a bunch of schools, and to avoid to kind of get myself into another program, like the university degree. Fresh um, in mind. <laughs> yes, very much so. Um, Higher education, fresh in mind. <laughs> yes. So I, I decided I found the Florence Academy because they did workshops, six-week workshop, which was the compressed program. And right, I was like, right, this so is you great. you didn't go into another exactly. similar situation. Um, so I could do a workshop and like, figure out what it was. And, and yeah. I went there and I was, it was like I came home. Mm. I was so excited. It was just like, finally, <laughs> this was what it was meant to be all along. Yeah. Um, we did like figure drawing and we had the still lifes and portraits and all these things at this workshop. Yeah. And I was, and I was just, my, was just completely, just floored by this i was so excited and when the workshop was over i just knew that i have to come back here this this is it this is what i wanted all along um so i went back to norway <laughs> worked and tried to find like funding to to go to the school uh, and then i ended up applying and the deadline was before like during this workshop so obviously i'd, mi I'd missed it um but i ended up applying in late that summer and the response was obviously that the program is full enrolled because <laughs> you're, you're too late, way too late. Um, it's new admissions in, in January. And I was like, well, okay, well, I'll just wait and, and see. And then someone dropped out and they called me and told me, you can come, we start in two weeks. So I just dropped everything, quit my job, <laughs> uh, moved to Italy. And I, I started at the Florence Academy and I was so excited. And I remember Daniel Grace welcomed us in, in the model room. The principal. Um, the, the, uh, yeah, the director. director. Um, and he said uh, that, yeah, here we're going to teach you the craft. We can't teach you to be artists because that's something that you, you're born as artists already, kind of along those lines. And, um, but here we're going to look at the craft and make you as good craftsmen as possible. And, you know, it's going to be tough. And it, it was. <laughs> um, but I was so, so happy to be there. I can't even tell you. Mm. And then you start out with the bag drawings where you copy these drawings and you do it for hours and hours and end, which is so boring. But I was so excited about this that I could hardly sleep on Sunday evening because I was so excited for Monday morning when I was going to go copy <laughs> this well, drawing. Mean, basically, so, this was the first time you got yes. you know, actual training or learning. Yes, and it actually learned something. Yeah. The, the learning curve is extremely steep. And it has. It was really a game changer for me, and and suddenly I understood things that I have struggled with so much, and um, and you improve very fast as well. And there's very set methods. It's kind of this recipe that you can easily follow to to bake a cake, and and yeah. everyone can reach kind of a decent level rather quickly. Mm. Um, and that was just amazing. It, it works. I was yeah. like, oh my god! Like, <laughs> I was like, well, how have I not seen this before? You know, it's just yeah. <laughs> so I was um, completely floored by it, and no, it, it was wonderful. So yeah, yeah. I was so excited. <laughs> so it helped me. But so much. but you had some problems uh, with it too. I mean, it's uh, yes. <laughs> I mean, you had Joachim Eriksson here talking about uh, you know how they would typically teach, and mm -hmm. I think people generally know. Um, but I think. 
your take on it is uh, quite interesting how it can help but it can also be a sort of a hindrance mm -hmm. that way of of teaching yes you want to walk us through that what, what like what, what your bold points were on that yeah because like, when you have this it's very focused on how to achieve a certain result you know it's it's i have some images here saying yeah, yeah, yes yeah. <laughs> completely forgotten <laughs> oh what's what's out on the shelf this ghost from the past. <laughs> no, so it's um, as you do this exercise, you start with a, a bug. It's called it's drawings by Charles Bug. Uh, none of these are here, but that's just oh. a flat drawing, and you copy it, and then you slide, then you slowly transition into drawing casts, and that one is my final drawn cast, that torso there, okay. um, where you have these pasta sculptures, so little you know faces like death masks and all kinds of things mm. that you you draw, and you, you do this with a method that's called sight size. So you draw it one-to-one, -one, what you see and, and on the paper. So you can easily move things from reality onto the paper. Mm. And, and you can, in that copy-paste way of working, especially when things are still like a cast, is very efficient. You can get very accurate kind of drawings, which is very true to what's there in, in life. Um, so, so this one's like that, and you have the sculpture and the paper, and you just move it across, and you, you work on it for, I think that's like seven and a half, eight weeks of drawing. <laughs> piece of paper for three hours every day plus weekends <laughs> so it's it's a long long time and they tell you to move things a quarter of a millimeter to the left or the right and you know it's very much um this step by step where you start with the blocking you need to get the right proportions then you go into the values and eventually like temperature and color as well when you paint it um so it's very kind of you start this is step one, step two, step three, um, which which makes it very easy to conceptualize how you go about building up form and all these things. Uh, but then, as it comes, like, as it goes for making a painting, you kind of don't really even consider that really because it's just an exercise, like mathematics almost. Mm. That's kind of how I think about it. It's like two plus two is four, and there's two two lines, and so that's you mean it. It's, it becomes uh, a bit too d detached from what you're actually painting, or yeah, it's it's it's, not, it's about making the result as accurate as possible. It's not about making have kind of making a painting that's about something. It's it's no philosophy in it. Storytelling. Yeah, storytelling. It's just oh, yeah, yeah. this is this is a glass, and I paint that glass, and that's it. Mm. Which. It, it's not so interesting, um, and me always. I, I was always very into Leonardo and, and Old Nerdroom, of course. And and then you have this. It's things happening in the paintings. Uh, the figures have a story to tell. It, it's in a Rembrandt portrait. It's definitely something. It's not just a passport photo. Um, so I think some of these methods, unless you have that philosophy in the back of your mind, you very quickly end up just representing something very accurately, mm -hmm. but you have no really purpose for like why why are you doing this? You don't ask that question. Why? And I think I've asked that a little bit too much, maybe, in, <laughs> in various situations, which gets me into trouble. <laughs> like, why not paint, you know? <laughs> why? No, so, it's, um, so I think if, if you don't have that why, and then you will have a problem when you leave the school, because mm. you kind of stay there, and you, you, very, you swear to this method, it's like nothing but this, um, and you, you just keep on painting this very uh, academic schoolwork, paintings, mm. uh, which I don't think is very interesting mm. at all, so... <laughs> I, I know, um, you know, you, you talk about sight size and getting everything correct and moving mm. one millimeter on these things. Um, and as far as I understood you, you I, this is the technique that helps you, mm -hmm. 
but it became a bit of a very, you know, very negative focus. Yes. And you hold on to it too much as well. Like you have this thing called a plumb line, for instance. Yeah. And people have this tendency to draw this straight line through their drawing or their painting. They mm-hmm. start with a straight line. And what the brain does is like when you have that, you straighten everything up accordingly to the line. So everything becomes very stiff very quickly as well because mm-hmm. you, you don't do these movements. You don't have these curved lines. Uh, and they were very persistent on straight lines, everyone. And I already had somewhat straight lines. So I became very mechanical. And you carve out your so-called shadow shapes and all these things that we talk about all the time. And it kind of kills the life a little bit mm-hmm. because it's so accurate. It's like little machines, like copying, like, you know, that, down like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so that, that becomes like a hindrance. And when you can't work within the sight size, you're completely lost. You have to take away that aspect and you have to draw something outside and you can't really put your block up like mm-hmm. a sketch book up and, and to kind of measure it with the sculpture, you completely kind of in utter stress because okay. you don't know how to, to go about it. Um, so I think those plumb lines and all that becomes a bit too much of a lifeline and you hold on to it too much and, and it makes you too focused on all the things around creating the work instead of creating the work. Because yeah. the painting, you should do anything to, to make that, not consider all the other things. And I think this is a, a problem generally for uh, not only for Florence Academy, but, but painters in general, that, you know, why are you painting? Why is that mm-hmm. figure standing there? Typically, you have this academic <laughs> nude standing there with a mm-hmm. stick yeah. to lean on. <laughs> All, yes. yeah. And it, it, it reminds me of something a student of mine told me once. He was a, mm-hmm. had been a military, fairly high up. And he, a colleague of his in the, in the army said that when they were doing exercise, uh, some kind of shooting or whatever. Mm-hmm. One guy should stand on a little hilltop and with his hand like this. Oh God! And then this his colleague then investigated like what was the reason why mm-hmm. behind this guy standing like that. Yes. Well, that was because he should hold the horse of the commandant. Oh. But the horse was gone and the man was still standing there. You know. <laughs> yes. So yes. you have. You <laughs> you have the stick here yeah. you know, to make the, the to, to so the model can rest a bit. Mm-hmm. But then you start to see that as the goal and not just mm-hmm. as a means for you know to make the model last have movement yeah. or something. Yeah, yes. yeah, and be able to hold the hand like yes. that. You know. So you get a lot of these bus yeah. poses. That's yeah. what we call them. Yeah. What, what? Men at the, the bus, you know, holding. Oh yeah, yeah. It looks like yeah. no, yeah. So you kind of have the, all these things to help you, but that kind of. It, it's no purpose. It mm. just makes it stiff, kills the life, all mm. this. So, yeah, no, mm. it's not. But I, it, it's very useful in the beginning. Mm. But then I think the problem is that you don't really transcend into something else. Mm. You, you just keep on the same method, the same. You don't um, evolve the conversation or the philosophy when you paint. It's just the mm. same over and over and over and over again. But, but how, um, <laughs> how could this make you break down? Oh, well, <laughs> I mean, that, that's, uh, yeah. it sounds like I had a great glorious, I, I did have a great time. Um, yeah. And I, I mean, I've, like, I have this, I want to improve always. You yeah. know. You, you, I want to be the best I can be. Uh, I always want to push further and be better. So I already have a good amount of self-whipping. Can we say that? <laughs> and then you go to the school, which is about adjusting everything and like perfect what you already have and like to push you forward. Um, but the thing is, is, it's the vocabulary that's used there. It's very much like wrong, you know, mm. it's bad. Or this is wrong. It needs like to be moved over. Yeah, to actually work. It, it's, it's wrong, yeah. it, you know, and you get a lot of no. So when you have um, 
like a cast like that and they come over and they look at it and say oh this is wrong that is wrong this is wrong you know and you just go around like that and it, it becomes this very negative destructive mindset after a while so it happens slowly and you don't even realize it at first and during our first year too we had this um the administration were not too happy about that but we <laughs> we wrote on the wall in our studio just um, to laugh a bit about this because it was so much no and it's wrong you know so we wrote to all students remember your work is shit and you're wrong always <laughs> <laughs> they did not like it but <laughs> I'm sure to take it away, but you can That's like what you—the essence of what you're doing. Obviously, it, it's not a very um, good environment to be in because mm. when you're creating something, you have this flame that's burning. It's something that you know. It's something positive. It's like, but mm. then it's like about crushing it as much as you can um, to to improve. And um, and you work very long hours, um, seven eight days a week, uh, twelve hours a day more. Um, it, it's very intense. And you always have to finish your project. You get signed off when they're good enough. So you kind of have to draw over the same pass until the director says, now it's okay. You can move on to the next project. Um, and eventually I remember I was, um, I was there every day, worked really hard, um, very enthusiastic. But then suddenly I started to kind of fall behind on projects. I was even ahead of people. And then suddenly I was like two projects behind them. Um, and it was all wrong. I couldn't get it right. And then eventually you start to doubt yourself a lot. Like, it, it, I, I am bad, you know, this mm. is really horrible. And when you get into that mindset, you, you become very destructive. And when you're trying to draw, you can't even, you're just paralyzed. You can't like put the line down and you already decided in your head that I'm going to be, it's going to be wrong. And then of course it's wrong. <laughs> and you, you just try to overcome and you try to make it right. You just can't do it. Because you've decided that it's going to be bad, you know, mm. um, and eventually that pressure just builds up at the same time as you're completely worn out because you're there all the time and you try so hard and you whip yourself as well because you want to be the best you can possibly be, right? Um, and it, it's never enough. It's never good enough. And eventually I think it just really got to me with the physical exhaustion, mentally you're just completely shattered. Um, and it, and then I couldn't move on to the actual project. I was behind. I wasn't allowed to graduate on time. Didn't have the money to pay <laughs> to finish. Mm. Um, and it's all these things, all these factors just added up. And eventually I, I, I couldn't even draw anything. And I remember me and my studio mate were sharing a cast, the final one, before getting the, the pair project. <laughs> Little pair. Uh, and, and then I couldn't even finish it until he had finished it. So it was just all these things that kept piling up. And one evening during evening drawing, we were just doing a little pencil study and we have these easels there, the model, this lane that you walk, the tape marks, you have to step back into the same spot all the time. Um, and I just I couldn't get my lines right. And I, I knew that I, I knew how to do it. And I was so stressed and I was so frustrated with myself. And I remember like halfway <laughs> walking down my lane to my, <laughs> to my spot after making another horrible line, I just... I just kind of, my whole body just like shut down and I just like sat down on the floor in the model room and everyone's just like freaking out of it because it's like all white and kind of, you know, just motionless on the ground with my like, <laughs> with my pencil in hand and, and, and for the first time, the teacher actually listened to me and my worries about being behind the program and all these things and, uh, but, but that was really that was like the breaking point of it. I just couldn't take anymore. It was mm. all so bad. It was all wrong. I was so terrible. And I completely lost like all faith 
in my own abilities that I could do anything. And, and it's kind of, you just want to quit. And I even I talked about it at that point, just leaving school. Um, but they talked me into staying and I was able to catch up with the program and graduate on time. But that was really hard. And, and I still, to this day, I struggle with this sensation that no matter what you do, it is not enough. It's, it's mm. bad, you know, so <laughs> post-traumatic stress syndrome. Yeah, I guess. It, it strikes me that, as I mentioned before, it, I think it's a general problem with a lot of figurative painters that this, this question that you mentioned, mm. why do you do it? Yes. You know, so I can imagine if you all the time get to hear that this is bad, mm. this is wrong, this is one yes. millimeter incorrect and whatever, you have to mm. do it again. Um, and you don't get the information of why you're doing it. Yes. Then Never talk some, about it, the philosophy. Then it somehow seems pointless. Because yes. yeah, that's the thing, too, we should mention before we, we talk about your experience at, at uh, Nerdrum Studio. Mm -hmm. um, this thing about, you know, speaking of why, you, why you're doing it, you, s yes. you said that there was a little bit of, of teaching when it comes to composition, narrative. We had a, a but tiny bit, but it's not really the narrative, and it's more about the composing lines and making kind of the different shapes uh -huh. work. So it's not so much about why do you need to paint this painting. It's like, why, why do you write this story? It should mm. be a reason. It should be something that mm. should be depicted in mm. it, which is, is not really talked about too much. And, and that was when we did the, the, the final project, which is here also. This one, um, the middle here. Yes. <laughs> when I finally caught up and <laughs> kind of back on my feet <laughs> and almost enjoying painting again and, and remembering that I actually like it. Um, I, we, we put this up and... And I thought like this is a very nice chance of making a portrait that's it has a story. It can, it's about something, and then you have to share it though uh, with another person. So a group project. So <laughs> the group is always a problem. <laughs> share it. I mean, you and another so we, person are painting. We're painting the same thing. So um, okay, yeah. and it was his girlfriend, his sister's dress, and he asked me, "Oh, I have this green velvet dress. Can we?" Paint us, I think, oh yeah, a nice, you know, <laughs> a nice normal dress. But this was like a carnival costume, so when it came with it, and I already agreed, I was a bit horrified. Oh, didn't okay, know okay, what right. to do with it. Yeah. Um, and then I was asking him, like, but what is this painting about? And he's like, no, I just like the dress. And then he, he added this book, and I, I asked, like, oh, but why? What, what's, what's, the, what's going on here? And, and the answer to the book is, like, no, it looks nice. And I felt then okay. also it was very hard for me to do this project because it was no point in doing it. It wasn't even a portrait of her. It was just like all these props in this person that was just like, there we go, let's I paint it. I think yeah. that's, a, that's a, you know, as I, I'm thinking, that's perhaps the essence of it. When you're standing there working so many hours on this mm -hmm. and you don't know why you're doing it. Yes, it's that, no like, point. That's, that's like... Uh, uh, you know, that, that's how you break people down. You may, may make mm. them do meaningless, meaningless work. Exactly. Meaningless tasks yeah. that just breaks your spirit. And then, yeah. and then you forget why, why you're painting in the first place. And then at one point I, I was thinking, like, I hate painting. And then you come from a place that I, I love painting. It's like the love of my life, you know. And mm. all of a sudden I hate it. I can't stand it. Going mm. to paint this is a punishment. Mm. Um, and it was very weird to realize when you arrived at that point and, and you just kind of had to ask yourself, like, yeah, because why? That, that's serious. I mean, thinking about <clears throat> uh, uh, your experience there at the at the art school, where they would 
not necessarily attack you, but ridicule you and have this sort of mm. uh, <laughs> condescending. <laughs> Roll their eyes yeah, at me, yeah. obviously. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as we know. Uh, but that is, you know, a clear, at least a, yeah, a clear attack on you somehow. Mm -hmm. But this is a situation where you come to the school and you really learn because mm. you have really learned a lot from a the school. A lot. <laughs> so it, it, it's not like. Oh, they, I needed it so much. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah. They've taught me so much. But uh, with that negativity that um, that you're talking mm. about, that nothing is ever correct, and yeah. you don't know why you're doing it, that you know that brought you to a point mm -hmm. where you really and when you paint this cast yeah and you just yeah. do this plaster cast yeah. all the time and you feel like you can't even move you can't make them any better you would learn yeah. more if you could do something yeah. else but then you have to keep working on it and, and there's I, no clear reason and i think really <clears throat> even well this is uh, something i've thought about in my head at least i postulate that uh, a painter who doesn't have a you know a clear story somehow. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be a baroque scenery, mm -hmm. but yes. at least a point to the portrait or a point with the, I mean like Chardin with the yeah. still lives. It's not a story, but there is a point. There, mm -hmm. there is some kind of thing. It's like an event told. that happened, right? Yeah. 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 Um, if you don't have that, and even though you are clear that I shall just paint whatever is in front of me, I think that even to that painter is boring. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so what, what's if you don't have this story? Yeah. What, what, yeah. What's the point? It's like having yeah. a, it's having a book with just letters, and it's yeah, yeah, yeah. I always think about that. I mean, yeah. like if an author should be trained to write grammatically perfect sentences. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but you know, where's the story? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Because those sentences doesn't really matter so much. If that it's about the story, that's yeah. all of it. Yeah. Um, and that was something I felt was lacking, but also as. Uh, the director said at the very beginning, it was about the craft only. But then mm. by not having this conversation, it's also hard to, to leave this school and to actually make paintings and also remember why you wanted to paint in the first place. How, difficult to leave the school? You have to leave the school and then make paintings. That's not why? just schoolwork. Because then you keep putting up these models with no purpose, no story, nothing. It's just an uh, exercise in values and shapes and, and drawing. Mm. Which is something you learn, but you learn it to be able to, be able to say something. Something, else, something more. Yeah, that's your alphabet, else. basically. Yeah, yeah. And then you want, you should put it into use. Mm. Because why have you spent all those hours and suffered so much yeah. <laughs> if you're not going to make anything out of it? Mm. Um, and, and for me, that, that's kind of where the, the Nerdrum school it, it came in with it. Because I always admired him. I always wanted to go into this figurative uh, narrative painting with a, with a storytelling like bit. Um, now, so the storytelling was something that I really felt I, I didn't know anything about composition and storytelling, even though we had a bit of composition, but it wasn't in that sense as you see here. Mm. Um, so, and I figured if I leave here now, I'll have this, it would kind of be the same as leaving university. I, I have something but not enough to to actually do what I want you know so uh, and leaving Florence Academy having the skills but not knowing how to to make a, a story and and what to emphasize in a story and I felt it was the right time to come here and this has been a lifelong dream to, to write to the Nerdroom studio and I, I it was, had been 10 years since I first began a letter and it was it was this moment again if I don't write him now I'll never do it. Mm. Um, so I, I wrote a letter <laughs> and I, I sent it in and um, 
and I got to come visit and and since coming here it's completely changed the way I think about painting it was a whole new world that just opened and I think it was a very crucial moment for me to come as well feeling um, so down so crushed so mm. this like a transparent little shaky leaf that just <laughs> came in completely destroyed um, so I, I think it's been like it's been extremely valuable to me to, to be here and to be a part of the conversations to to be in an environment that really focus on storytelling talks about philosophy why you ask questions like all these things that always felt that lacked things that I've always been <laughs> very very like, interested in mm. um, finally it was a place for it people that actually want to talk about it not just shadow shapes uh, <laughs> so um, I think that was and it was really terrifying to come here as well because I just didn't know and you have this um, all this luggage and you have to have these tape marks you, it's hard to kind of break the habit I, I <laughs> um, and, but then it, it's just a whole new thing and a whole new conversation that was so needed and I feel also still um, I haven't really started with my compositions yet and the, the, the storytelling as much as I, I would like. Uh, but I have changed my way of painting a fair, fair bit after coming here. Mm. Um, well, yeah. it's uh, quite obvious <laughs> here, isn't it? It's quite different, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, because this is, this is um, I mean, I've seen some of your work before, but this is really amazing. This whole uh, softness uh, and, you know, how you can make that whole head one organic form and not yeah, see these shapes <laughs> as separate entities. Yes. I mean, this is very much uh, clear, separated forms. Yes. But here you get this whole totality and the whole whole image, and not just the head, but the, the, how the head relates mm -hmm. to, to the rest of it. Yes. And obviously you can't do that without going there first. But <laughs> but that is, and, and loosening things up and, and making it into a painting, not just an exercise of shapes mm. and values. Mm. Um, well, that's but, interesting because you see that also with, you know, early Titian, late Titian. Yes. <laughs> that's that <laughs> same, same... Uh, but you need to go through that pathway because you can't yeah. just go to mm. the softness before you have the structure. So, but then it's a, at that point when you have to kind of get rid of the structure and you feel that's the scaffolding and you feel so safe mm. and you like cling on to all of it. Um, but you're, hap you're happy with what you learned at the Florence Academy <laughs> I'm very happy as with a foundation it, yes. for that. I could never have done these yeah. things if I didn't have that. So it's been so, 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 so important. Um, and I really enjoyed my time there a lot. Mm. And it was mm. just amazing. Um, so you have to have those things to understand the concepts of how to structure and build up an image and form and how to sculpt it, really, um, until you, before you can go in and let it go again, dissolve it, mm. which is much more exciting to, to do and it's much more enjoyable. And with a painting like that as well, you don't quite know exactly the portrait up there. Um, you don't exactly know what it's going to be when it's finished. As when you have this, you have the model, you have the setup, and you're very true to that. And if it doesn't look exactly mm. like what you had, it, it, it's a, a failure. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's <laughs> something a lot of students have seen uh, Adnerdrum do, mm. you know, completely change a composition. Yes. It's not from A to Z in that sense. Exactly. Because suddenly, he, like, there's this photo of him 
sitting in front of uh, uh, this is um, painted in the eighties. Yeah, uh, one man guiding two men. Yes, you know they're standing quite muscular, one on each side, and he's sort of you know trying to decide. But then when you see another uh, being photographed in the studio, these people, these men on each side, their hands are going out. Yes. Away from it, but then he's he's moved the whole hand in, so he's, the guy in the middle is much more pressured. Yes, squished. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's uh, you know that's like a sort of little innocent example. Yes, but he's done much more wild changes <laughs> like that. Yes, and I think you have to do it, and also that will help you breathe life into the painting as mm. well, because you don't only follow what nature gives you, but you. Make, you transcend it into something else, mm. and, and you make it into, and you try to make it into a world on that flat canvas. Yeah. So, and I, I find that very exciting and something that is very new to me because it hasn't really been a part of any dialogue before. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it reminds me of something. You know, when you read, for example, Nietzsche's um, mm. uh, *Birth of Tragedy*. Mm -hmm. Have you read that? No, I haven't. You should really do that. Because I think you would <laughs> recognize a lot of the things we've been talking about tonight. Yes. Uh, where it talks about, um, you know, you know, Apollonian and Dionysian. Apollonian is the very sort of rational, uh, empirical study what is actually in front of you. Mm -hmm. And then you have Dionysian, which is sort of uh, that which gives life, life meaning, the sort of more, more meta level there. Mm -hmm. um, and if you are only concerned with that Diane, uh, the Apollonian, you know, study things correctly. Mm. Uh, he talks about that. That is the the deterioration of the Greek tragedy when it go, goes only into characterization. Yes. And the person stops being a timeless. Mm, uh, it's not an archetype, kind of. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, stops being timeless. Yes. And so. I think uh, it seems like that is something that you really gotten, you know, from. Uh, Florence Academy, the very Apollonian, <laughs> yeah, uh, so and is. then adding the, mm. the Dionysian, so so to speak, mm -hmm. from uh, from the Nordum uh, yes, studio. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> we will see. <laughs> Time will tell, isn't it? Um, but it's definitely something to think about, mm. and all these archetypes and all these, um, yes, mm. making the mortal immortal. I so. think that's uh, <laughs> a good way to end. Yes. And as we know, you can't be broken, so... <laughs> never said never. <laughs> ah, there's ah. a charm, no? Is it? <laughs> it's, it's been a joy. Thank you for coming to the Cave of Palace. Thank you for having me. And thank you for watching. Uh, remember, you can go to cavepalace.com slash donate and you can check out the different benefits you get from supporting our show. Before I say I'll see you next month, I'd like to thank our top sponsors, Alistair Blaine, Eric Lasky, Jared Fountain, Michael Irish, Sean Roberts, and Stacey Evangelista. And I will see you next month.